0: Wasn't that worship fantastic this morning? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Revelation chapter 21, if you have your Bible. So I'm in a finishing up my sermon series called Next. What happens after this? This week and next week and I'm finished. And we've looked at what the culture will be like in the end times. We've kind of looked at um, what um, uh, what the second coming rapture of the church will look at like a time frame. We've looked at what comes after that, which is the judgment. And so over the next two weeks, we're going to look at our... Final destinations, and so today I want to preach on this, what we know about heaven, Revelation 21, what we know about heaven. So just hold your place in the Bible, I'll get there in just a moment. Of course, you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen, and thank you for joining us online or at campus, wherever you may be this morning. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Well, where do you want to live? I mean, when I say where do you want to live, I mean like where do you really want to live? If you could live anywhere in America, where? would you choose to live? What part of the nation would you choose to live? If there were no hindrances whatsoever, where would you live? Well, I, I began to explore that question a little bit, and I thought, well, we need some information to figure out where we'd move to. If, if, we could, if, if there were no objects in the way, where would we go? And so I found the list of the twenty twenty two most livable cities in the U.S., They looked at things like job market value, quality of life, desirability, net migration. Value included things like uh, household income and the cost of living. Quality of life includes crime and quality of education, among other things. So In 2022, up to date, man, we say up to date around here. Where are the most livable cities in the United States? Well, here's the top 10, uh, most livable cities in the U.S. Well, 10 through 6 are Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Seattle, Washington, I'd question the Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, we're on a bad run here. San Francisco, California, Minneapolis, St. Paul, number 5, Des Moines, Iowa. I've actually never been there. Number four, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Number three, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Number two, where I just got back from, Denver, Colorado. Number one most livable city in the United States. You're never going to believe it. It's right here in Austin, Texas. (laughs) Right most livable cities. And so I, I dig digging in this a little bit and I thought, well, wait a minute, maybe maybe livable is not exactly what we're going for. Like maybe because I, I mean I saw like a run of three, like Seattle, Oregon, San Francisco, eh, you know, let, let's factor in some other things. And so then I thought, well, health is really important, right? So we dug in a little bit and I found the 2022 healthiest cities in the United States. So let's factor health in, right? Where's where's it going where am I gonna go and I'm gonna be healthy when I get there? So 2022 healthiest cities in the United States. So here we go. Start with number 10. Washington, D.C. I questioned some research. South Burlington, Vermont, Denver, Colorado, Austin, Texas again, Honolulu, Hawaii. Amen, right? Number five, Salt, Salt Lake City. I get it. Number four, Portland, Oregon. Number three, San Diego, California. Number two, Seattle, Washington. And number one, San Francisco. So again, again, we're, we're, we're giving you up-to-date research the best we can, but I'm not real happy with the list. I think there's some other factors that need to go into that. So here, here's what I thought we'd find. The 2022 counties with the longest life expectancy in the U.S., right? So if we're going to go somewhere and, and we, we're going to live there for a long time, I, I don't know this for sure, But I'm pretty sure Washington, D.C. is not going to make the list, right? So I don't know that for sure, but let's look and see, all right? Where where can I go if I want to move somewhere and live the longest? So I'll tell you the counties with the longest life expectancy in the U.S., and I'll start with number 10. I'll tell you how long you live there. In Stanley County, South Dakota, average age, you live to be 89 years old and some change. I'm not going to give you the change. Eagle County, Colorado, 83 years old. Oliver County, North Dakota, 90. Golden Valley, North Dakota, 90. Montana, you're starting to see a pattern here, 91. Pitkin County, Colorado, 94. Summit County, Colorado, you're seeing a pattern, 98. Average age is 98, but now we're getting into big-time stuff. Mono County, California, over 100 is the average life expectancy. San Miguel County, Colorado, over 100. And number one on the list, Aleutian, East Borough, Alaska, 100-plus years old, 100-plus three counties. I factored in livability, uh, 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 healthiest, and longest living. But then I thought, I'm not done. Then I thought, well, what good is it to go somewhere and be healthy if you don't even like the people that you're around? And so finally, we did. The 2022 friendliest cities in the United States. You ready for this list? 2022. So I'll move somewhere. I want it to be a nice place, right? Number 10, Savannah, Georgia. Yes, we made the list somewhere in Georgia. Hillsburg, California. Park City, Utah. Bend, Oregon. Look! Chattanooga, Tennessee. Our P-Vine City made the list of friendliest places to live in the whole United States. I am so, so happy that we made it. Number 5, Columbia, South Carolina. Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, Des Moines Iowa again and Telluride Colorado and so I I put it in the crunching numbers machine and I figured out that when you read it the most livable healthiest longest living and friendliest place to live if you combine all of those together you would move to somewhere around Telluride Colorado but I am an expert researcher And I figured out the average home price in Telluride is $1.5 million. So unpack your bags. At least it's friendly around here, right? We're going to die young and unhealthy, but bless God, we are friendly folk around here. If you could pick anywhere to live tell your ride would be the place but can i tell you this why don't you save your money and plan to move to a city that's so much more because the bible talks about a city that we will live there for eternity and the bible calls that county, that place, heaven. And the city is New Jerusalem. And when we read our text today, know this, we are at the very end of time. I mean, only two chapters left in all of time. And Jesus has come and Jesus has conquered and judgment has happened. And we are about to step through a portal door and be forever. I mean, forever we are going to be eternity. And if you are saved, it will be an eternity in heaven. I want to remind you, there are only two places to go. That when you you die there are only two places to go that everybody in this room everybody watching online everybody around the world and everybody who has lived and will live will spend eternity in either heaven or in hell and it is not good people that go to heaven and bad people that go to hell it is people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus who go to heaven and people who have not who die and go to hell What do we know about heaven? Well, I want to tell you, if you're going to heaven, can I read you the seminal chapter on what it's going to be like? Stand with me. Revelation chapter 21. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to read the whole chapter and preach quickly. It's really the only chapter in our Bibles that is dedicated to our final heaven. So let's try to read the whole thing and see if we can squeeze it in. I'm going to read fast. You read fast with me, all right? Listen fast. Then I saw, John said, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful truth. and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he'll be my son. But the cowards and the faithless and the detestable and murderers and sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death, verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came and spoke with me. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He then carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Arrayed with God's glory, her radiance was like a precious jewel, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, the city had a massive high wall with 12 gates, 12 angels were at the gates. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. There were three gates on the east and three gates on the north and three gates on the south and three gates on the west. The city had 12 foundations and the 12 names of the apostles of the Lamb were on the foundations. The one who spoke with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city, its gates, its walls. The city is laid out in a square. Its length and width are the same. He measured the city with a rod at 12,000 stadia. Its length, width, and height are equal. It's a cube. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to human measurement, which the angel used. The building material of its wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, clear as glass. The foundations of the city wall were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first foundations, Jasper. The second, Sapphire. The third, Chalcedony. The fourth, Emerald. The fifth, Sardonyx. The sixth, Carnelian. The seventh, Crystallite. The eighth, barrel; The ninth, Topaz. The tenth, Chrysophrase. And the eleventh, jacinth; And the twelfth, Amethyst. That's the best I can do. The twelve gates are twelve pearls. Each individual gate was made of a single pearl. The main street of the city was pure gold, transparent as glass. I did not see a temple in it, because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, because the glory of God illuminates it. And its lamp is the Lamb. The nation will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. It Its gates will never close by day, because it will never be night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you. You may be seated. Revelation 21 tells us more about heaven than probably any other passage in the Bible. Now keep in mind when we talk about heaven, there is what I might call today the temporary heaven and there is the permanent heaven. If you die today, you do not go to this heaven that I read in the Bible. If you die today, you'll go to what we'll refer to as the temporary heaven that is awaiting the culmination for the permanent heaven. The heaven where we go today, we know almost nothing about. As a matter of fact, Revelation 4.1 briefly mentions the heaven of today, he said, after this, I looked, and there in heaven was an open door, the first verse, voice that I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said. So we know that there is a heaven now. That is where this took place in the beginning of the book of the Revelation, but we really don't know anything about it, very little of it mentioned in Scripture, because when we get to the book of the Revelation, God is focusing on our final heaven. He is focusing on the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. And on this day, when we get to Revelation 21, this will be our final abode. So what I want to do today is tell you six things about heaven that we learn out of Revelation 21. Now, I want everybody in the building to look at me. If you're watching at home, put your coffee down. Look at me. Don't look at the ocean. Look at me for a second. I have absolutely no words to describe heaven. John the Revelator saw it and could not describe it. And I'm not as... um, Golden tongue is what he was for sure. And so what I want to do today is do my best to give you just a glimpse of what the Bible says heaven will look like, and I'm asking you right in the beginning to forgive me for my inadequacy in being able to do so. Can I tell you six things we learned about this heaven? Number one is this, I want to talk about heaven, The place. And too often we get hung up on what heaven will be like as far as the place. We get hung up on mansions, John 14 tells us, in the King James Street. We get hung up on pearls and all those emeralds and things that I mentioned earlier. What do we really know about the place? Well, the first thing we see is that it is a new heaven, a new earth. Now, I want you to notice this phrase that's used in Revelation 21, that it is prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Now, I don't have to have been a bride to understand what this means. I understand what a bride goes through getting ready for a husband, but that's not the phrase I want you to notice. Notice the word prepared because it's used on purpose. It's used on purpose because it's the same word Jesus used in John 14. Jesus said, if I go away and prepare a place For you. This is the place we read in Revelation 21 that Jesus has been preparing maybe for all of time, but at least since he ascended up into heaven, Jesus has spent hundreds of our years, thousands of our years, preparing the place that we'll go to one day. And here's what I want to tell you. So many times people say, Well, preacher, what will heaven be like? Is it going to be boring in heaven? Listen to me. He made the earth and the universe, hang with me for a second, the universe. Six days. We can't get past the moon. We haven't explored all of this. You have explored a minuscule amount of the current creation you're in. And God did it over breakfast. Nothing. Here's what Jesus said. I've been preparing this place for thousands of our years. And there ought to be absolutely no fear about the glory and grandeur of where we'll spend eternity. The Bible says John saw a new heaven and a new earth. Whether he went, and by the way, we've tried to render it based on, uh, uh, here's an artist rendering I found based on Revelation chapter 21. We can't really render it. Whether John saw a new heaven, a new earth, whether he meant a transformation of the old elements of the universe or a renovation or brand new. We're not really cre- clear from the scripture. What, however, what he saw transcends anything that could exist in this universe as we now understand it. So John had to see more than what we're looking at right now because there's no sun in this new universe. There are no stars needed in this new universe because the lamb is the light of it. and So everything is going to be made new by the creator. New Jerusalem coming down from the sky like the radiance of a perfect crystal. The Bible tells us it has 12 gates with 12 angels standing guard at every gate, 12 foundations. It is 1,380 miles cubed, cubed, not squared, cubed, three-dimensional. So someone did the math on that, and if you dropped heaven on America... That's the land mass it would cover, except it would also go 1,380 miles into the sky. In other words, it's ginormous. I think I made that word up, but you understand what I mean. It's huge. Imagine every layer being a half a mile high. It could be 3,000 miles. It's enormous. The place is enormous. The entire city made of pure gold, like glass, jasper, and 12 different jewels with gates of pearl, one street of gold going through all of heaven, no lots needed because the Lamb of the Light. It's immediately. When you read it, it is immediately unimaginable. In John's eyes, the city is too glorious to describe. John's looking at it, and he cannot describe the glory of heaven, though he did his best. Heaven, the place, is so grand, so glorious, that human words fall inadequate. It's one of those things, you have to see it to believe it. You know, we just got back from Disney World, and if if you've never been, I always like to see people with Disney World the first time. They're so amazed because, listen, somebody can come back and tell you about a place like Disney World. like They can tell you uh, about, you know, Aerosmith Roller. How many of you have ever been the Aerosmith Roller Coaster? you ever in that roller coaster before? Like, it starts off at 60 miles an hour or whatever it is, right out of the gate. shoots you right out of the gate. And, man, it's just so much from, from uh, step number, uh, I mean, from the first second. It's the funnest roller coaster I, I've ever been on. I absolutely love that roller coaster. And I can try to describe it to you. I am try to tell you about it. But the fact is, unless you go do it, you don't get it. And heaven has that same quality about it, 10,000 times 10,000 more. That is the place. Number two, let me tell you this. Number two, there is heaven The purity. He said this in verse 27, nothing unclean will ever enter it or anyone who does what is detestable or false. One of the greatest things about heaven is not just the place, But it's the fact that there will be absolutely no impurity in heaven whatsoever. The gold is absolutely pure. The jewels are absolutely pure. The entire thing is going to be made new, including you. That's a whole other sermon I can't preach. All of heaven is brand new, including you, including your body, including your life, including your mind, washed clean from all the impurity. So just a little bit. I don't have time to get in all this. Just a little bit. That means there'll be no crime in heaven. I don't really know if there's mansions in heaven. I really don't. The word in the Greek means dwelling places. I, mansions sings really well, so I like mansions in heaven. I don't know. I don't know, but you know what you'll never do in heaven? You'll never lock your door in heaven. You'll never have to put a ring security camera up in heaven, ever. Why? There's no crime. There's no fear. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no sinner. There's no falsehood. You know what, you know what I thought? You know what I thought is not going to be in heaven can we all just say, praise God, no spam calls at all in heaven. Because, <laughs> man, I keep buying that car warranty, and they still keep calling me. I don't know how many car warranties a fellow needs, but no, no spam calls in heaven, no temptation. Heaven will be a place of perfect peace and purity. Number three, here's what we know about heaven, is heaven, number three, I'll call it the plan. There are seven enemies mentioned in Revelation 21 and 22 that we'll no longer have to deal with. Can can I just give you these these quickly, give you these quickly? Uh, What are the seven enemies we'll no longer deal with? Number one, no more sea. The sea has always been a picture of uncertainty. You say, well, I, I like the sea. No, you like the beach. A few people like the sea, but the problem with the sea is what just happened to Florida. The sea gets angry and rises up, and the Bible says there will be no more sea, no more storms, no more creatures that we'll ever have to deal with. And the sea was so imposing to them, but get this no more, no more death. Death will be destroyed and sent to the lake of fire, which means no more funeral homes, funeral directors in heaven. Get, get this, I got to move. No more mourning. No more mourning because sin and death are gone. No more crying. Never again a broken heart, broken by a cruel world, a sinful world, experience again. Get this, no more pain. You'll never have to worry again about physical, emotional, family pain. Verse 3 in chapter 22 says, no more curse. We have never known an uncursed world. We can't comprehend an uncursed world. But when we get to the new Jerusalem in heaven, there will be no more curse. And finally, uh, it tells us in uh, Revelation 22, 5, no more night. Night has always been associated with darkness and deeds and in the spiritual realm. It is light all the time. You know why? There is nothing in heaven to hide. Seven enemies defeated. It is a place of purity and the plan of God will keep it that way for all of eternity. At no time will heaven be marred by wrong. At no time will heaven be marred by sin. You will never experience physical pain. You will never experience emotional pain. Heaven's plan is for it to be that way all the time. Absolute goodness and peace. Number four, we learn about heaven, the permanence. The permanence. Here's... This is worth mentioning, this verse says, night will be no more, people will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and there will rain, say it with me, forever and ever, forever and ever. You know what heaven is not? Heaven is not a vacation. You know how vacation goes, right? Going on a week-long vacation, day one you're getting settled, day two you're having some fun. Day three, you start saying we have four more days of this. But then day five rolls around. You know what you say on day five? We have to go home in two days. You say on day six, all day long, you cannot even enjoy your vacation on day six because all you can think about is today's our last day. You start dreading the end before the end happens. And heaven has no such issue. Can I say it this way? It's, it's, not, it's not great preaching, but you'll get it. Heaven is day one of vacation for all of eternity. It's a place of permanence that 10,000 of our years into heaven, we literally will have just gotten started. Number five, there's heaven the people. Here's what it said, verse 21, the last, last, last phrase. But only those written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen to me about heaven. Heaven would be filled with one group of people, one fraternity, one fellowship, one bond, one brotherhood, one solidarity, one community, people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. People who have put their faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. We will not be bound by nationality. We will not be bound by ethnicity or creed. It is one group of people for all of time. And I love how the Bible words it in Revelation chapter 7. He said, after this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, every tribe. Every people and every language are going to be standing in heaven. There will be no uh, tribe in heaven. There will be no nation in heaven. There will be no uh, 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 language in heaven. It will all be one group of people, those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. We will have one commonality together in heaven, and it will be this, our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. That's the people of heaven. Heaven will be full of the saints of all ages who put their faith in Christ. Isn't it going to be great to hear their stories? Isn't it going to be great to be able to set Daniel down and say, now tell me about that whole lion's den thing? What would you really do when you're in the lion's den? Did you sleep on the line? Because that's what we think, you slept on the line. Then it's going to be great to hear those stories from people we've never met whose names are not recorded in Scripture in Fox's Book of Martyrs or any book, but they tell us their journey What a delight it's going to be to hear the stories of the saints we've not met. And what a joy it's going to be to reunite with our loved ones who have gone on before. Can I tell you this morning that if you have someone you want to ensure is in heaven with you, now is the time to do something about it. Now is the time to invite them to church. Now is the time to tell them about Jesus. Now is the time to pray for them because once you get there, the people of heaven are locked in and there will be no more entrances allowed. Last thing I want to tell you about heaven is number six, heaven the person. We know it. Josh did a great job of talking about it earlier He said, then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with him and will be their God. God himself will be with him and will be their God. Can I tell you something about heaven? Heaven is not really a place. It is. But I don't think you're going to notice the gold. I don't think you're going to notice the emeralds. I don't think you're going to notice the size and the splendor of heaven. Because I think the glory of God will outshine it all. Heaven is not really about a place. Heaven is about a person because where God is, that is heaven. And the Bible tells us that he is the light of heaven, no other light needed. He is the temple of heaven. That means everything has been fulfilled in him, and all of history has been about him. And our eternal amazement and joy and happiness will not come from a place or an activity, but it will come from a person, and that person's name is Jesus. God himself will hold us in amazement. Close your Bibles and stand with me. I told you at we to Disney World the other day, and you'll see on the screen. We took we took the, the two oldest boys, Josh and Kayla, took their kids, and we went with them. And Jax has developed a fascination with Sully, the main monster out of the, um, out, of the out of the video Monsters Inc. He's got. He's got kind of hooked on Monsters, Inc. as his favorite character, his favorite movie. He absolutely loves Monsters, Inc. And Michaela was able to get us a preview with Sully. I've never been on one of these, but they literally took us back through some hallways. And there was literally a small private room. You can see it. And, it, and he was there. And we could, uh, we got to spend five or six minutes with Sully. So I, as we were walking in, Michaela said, video this. And I grabbed my phone and just started videoing it while we were in there. We had done all the rides, we had played all the games, we had had all the fun. Jax knew this was coming, it's all he could talk about was I'm going to get to see Sully. Can I, can I tell you this? We got outside the door and we had to wait before we go, went in and Jax could not hardly wait to see Sully. It was driving him crazy that he couldn't get back in the room with Sully. All he could think about was getting back there and meeting this, this guy that was the center of his little TV life with Monsters Inc. He could only think about seeing him. And can I tell you this? When we got in there to meet Sully, he didn't care about the park. He didn't care about the rides. He didn't care about the event. All he cared about was meeting this one little blue monster named Sully. The rest didn't matter. You know what this little three-year-old boy's done ever since we met Sully? He's talked about Sully non-stop. Every time he's at our house, he just starts, we don't ask, he just starts in a conversation about Disney and meeting Sully. Because it was the center of his little world that he got to see the one he cared about so much. I started studying for this sermon on heaven. And I thought about that video. That's what heaven is for us. We're outside the door of heaven right now. If you're living your life the way you should be living it, we can't wait to get on the other side of the door to see our center of attention. His name is Jesus. Just the way Jax forgot about all of Disney when he got in the presence of the one he loved. We're, we're gonna be glad to be in heaven, but the joy of heaven's not the place. The joy of heaven is the person. And for all of eternity, this is hard to comprehend, but hear me, for all of eternity, God is so Amazing. That if we spent eternity at his feet, we'd not grow tired of bored of hearing from an Almighty God. So I have two questions for you today. If you're here today and you're not going to heaven when you die, you'd better take care of that today. Can I promise you time is getting short? Getting short? Bible says my spirit's not always going to strive with man. God's not always going to be calling on your heart. God's not always going to be beckoning your heart. Now, pastors, you go ahead and come down front if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Today, you need to find your way to a pastor and say, I want to be saved today. Let me ask you a question. I don't care if you're in a room somewhere or you're watching online. Can I ask you a question? How many of you have somebody in your life That to the best of your knowledge, they're not going to heaven. They've never trusted Jesus. But somebody you care about, you'd really, you'd really like for them to get in before it was too late. Now I want you to pause for a minute. Matter of fact, I want you to pause and bow your head. Wherever you are, just close your eyes. Somebody in your life you care about, but you don't know if they're going to this heaven when they die. When they leave this world. You got somebody in your life like that? Would you, would you put their face, their faces in your mind's eye for just a moment? Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you've got somebody's face before you right now, would you lift your hand? Somebody I care about. I don't know if they're going to heaven when they die. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Notice if you're watching online, Jeremy's got a... Pastor Jeremy's got a word for you right now. If you're in a room somewhere, heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you,
1: Pastor Joel, for that, for that great message on heaven. And uh, Pastor Joel has done a great job throughout this series, uh, kind of helping us learn what's coming up and what to expect. And as culture changes and shifts and becomes more opposed um, to us as followers of Jesus, it's so important that we know what to anticipate, and it helps us become more intentional with the gospel. Here's what else it makes us do. It helps us realize and understand um, that, man, we need to take inventory and we need to look at our own lives. And um, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, this series should call you um, into a conviction um that you need to do something about where you'll spend eternity and if you've never put your faith and trust in jesus as simple as you understanding that you're a sinner and that your sin separates you from god you've got to be willing to admit that and then you've got to be willing to believe that jesus died on the cross that he was buried and on the third day he rose again we call that the gospel you've got to believe that what jesus did on the cross pays for all of your sins, the ones you did in the past, the ones you did today, and the ones that you'll do in the future. And then you confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if God spoke into your heart through his word this morning, in this moment, tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again conquering sin, death, and hell for me. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. We're excited and we want to help you take next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. And so, if you would, we've just dropped... um, a link in the chat box that says, I commit my life to Christ. Click on that link, fill out the form. We want to connect with you, send you a free book in the mail to help you get started and have a conversation with you over the phone. Hey, it's been awesome to be together uh, this morning, uh, even online. um, And I look forward to our time together each week. God bless you. Have a great week.